Hey guys, this is Cody, your host of Radio Elevate. Hey, today we're going to have some great learning. We're going to have some great worship, just like we do each and every week. But uh, I ask you guys to stick around for the end of this episode today because we're going to do something a little different as we have a special prayer at the end of this episode. So, hey, stick around. Hope you enjoy the episode. And uh, please join us for the prayer coming up at the end. Good afternoon. Hope you're doing great today. My name's Cody Fair, your host of Radio Elevate. Can't wait to talk about our lesson today as we discuss uh, the Sermon on the Mount. We continue with Law and Order, but first, we're going to hit you with a little bit of worship, just like we do each and every week. And this week, we're going to start off with Corey Asbury and the Father's House. Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength And my story isn't over, my story's just begun And failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does Yeah, failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does Love is breaking through where the fire 
Hey, coming up next, we've got Rhett Walker with Believer. different now now that my heart's been found nothing really feels the same I hold my head a bit higher I lift my voice a bit louder yeah something inside has changed I am a mountain mover water walker more than just an overcomer cause I've been set free I am a gospel preacher, heart on fire, freedom singing, testifier, cause I've been redeemed. I am a believer. I am a believer. I know this is not my home. I know I don't walk alone. No matter what comes my way I have peace through the trouble I have joy through the struggle and Now my hope's in a brighter day I am a mountain mover, water walker More than just an overcomer Cause I've been set free worship this afternoon by joining Bethel Music and raise a hallelujah.
praise your own hallelujah. I can't do it for you. There's a song written on your heart only you can sing. And when you sing, enemies flee. When you sing, prison walls come falling down. When you sing, heaven invades the earth. So just begin to lift up your hallelujah. Raise it like a banner. Hey, don't go nowhere because coming up after this, we've got our lesson for the week as we continue on. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 18 as we discuss law and order. Hey, Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Crosspoint Church. Man, what a great opportunity it is to spend time with you here on Radio Elevate. What a great platform and opportunity that you have to share with your friends and your family, the good news of the gospel brought to you by Elevate Student Ministry. Cody and the team have done a fantastic job leading you in this ministry. We're excited about what they're going to be able to do through Radio Elevate. I hope you enjoy it. I know I'm looking forward to it. Join with me as we listen together this new lesson on Radio Elevate. I want to start out this week by telling you that this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of lesson. Thus far, as we have discussed the Sermon on the Mount, we've hit some pretty concrete and easy things. Now, granted, this Sermon on the Mount 
wonderfully provides a clarity to each and every topic that we have discussed so far, and very similar to the parables, this sermon takes worldly things that we can either see, touch, feel, taste, or experience, and really dive deep into a more spiritual meaning behind them. This week, though, we're going to discuss something a little bit more complicated as we discuss the law. I want to add a disclaimer here. My heart's been weighed down heavily with all the hate going on in the country right now, and as we all know, it's reached a fever pitch over the last week or so, week or so. so I truly contemplated a lesson about love this week and postponing the next lesson on the Sermon on the Mount, but when I read ahead and realized that the next verses were going to be about the law and what the law really is, and that's God's law, I knew that it was truly God-inspired to be covering this topic right here and right now. So let's continue with the Sermon on the Mount as we discuss the law. Matthew chapter 5 verses 17 through 18 is entitled The Fulfillment of the Law and it says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. God is all-knowing. So the human form of God, and that's Jesus, to be able to know what people are thinking should come as no surprise. Now, this verse comes right after he has clarified so many things already in verses 1 through 16, which is what we've studied so far during this entire series of Red. These verses and situations and explanations that he has provided so far almost lead his disciples to think that God is here to get rid of the previous law and possibly create a new law. Jesus is quick to address that so that there's no mistaking what he is doing here. His clarity here is that the law is necessary for life. It's God's instructions on how to live a godly life. It's basically what Jesus is saying here is, yes, I have come, but we've not reached the finish line yet. And if you think about it and you put yourself in the apostles' shoes as they're walking with Jesus and having the human form of God literally right in front and right with them, it would be a bit more difficult to think that the finish line has not come. As a matter of fact, the finish line isn't even visible yet because Jesus hasn't come to end the earth. Jesus has come to fulfill the prophecy and go to the cross. See, Jesus is not here to end time or live on earth forever. Jesus has come to die and offer grace for all of mankind. The prophets 
the law, and the entire Old Testament has led to this very moment where Jesus is walking with us on earth. That means that Jesus did not come to put an end to or to change the law, but to add credibility to the law that was already given to Moses. The mere fact that Jesus is here in the flesh teaching, demonstrating, loving, and soon to be dying is so that credibility is given to the law and so that we are assured that the words in the history of the Old Testament is both real and is true. So now that we kind of have an understanding why he is clarifying the law, let's take a look at what the purpose of the law is. And really, there's three main purposes of the law, and that's to reveal sin, establish decency in society, and to provide a set of rules for life and to live by. So to demonstrate this, I want to first look at a story in John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, and we'll use this to illustrate what each purpose is teaching us here. And John 8, 1 through 11 says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again, and in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and stared to ride on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and rode on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Now, the first purpose for the law that I want to look at is that it is to reveal sin. Romans 3, verses 19 through 20 says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world be held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. The works that we exhaust do not equal righteousness. Now, for this to be true, the opposite of that statement also has to hold true in that the works we exhaust also do not negate righteousness. So basically, righteousness and works are not comparable. The law is not here so that it may guide our works. It's the Holy Spirit inside of our heart that should guide our works towards God. Works, law, and grace are not a matter of the heart. It's more a matter of the Spirit. The law that God teaches us and asks us to live by is so that sin is revealed and we know 
and understand the difference between righteousness and sin. In the story here about the adulterous woman, it's important to understand that sin is acknowledged, and it is acknowledged by Jesus, the woman and the people that are judging her as well. Now, we typically are under the impression that if a law is broken, a punishment is given. And it's clear here that the woman has broken God's law by committing adultery. Sin is acknowledged, but more importantly, sin is forgiven here by God. The woman had Jesus. The woman had God in her heart, clearly. I can imagine that when she looked up at Jesus, here she is expecting the absolute worst. She has broken God's law and is standing right in front of the creator of the law. If there were a law of the land, most likely punishment would be handed down. But in this case, God says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. So instead of punishing her, God acknowledges and forgives the woman for her sin. The second purpose of the law is to establish decency in society. Romans chapter 13 verses 8 through 10 says, Let no debt remain outstanding except for the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does, not, does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. You know, how powerful is it to say that the only debt that should be continued is the love for one another because that's the only way to fulfill the law that God has provided. We just discussed that Jesus acknowledged the adulterous woman's sin, but he also acknowledged all of her accusers for their sins. In verse 7 he says, when they kept on questioning, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who was without sin be the first to throw stone at her. There has only been one sinless being to ever walk this earth, and his name was Jesus. See, there's no ranking to sin in the eyes of God. In the eyes of the law, it, the or in the rather in the eyes of the law of the land, murder would be a much worse crime than speeding. In God's law, however, each sin has the same penalty, and that penalty is death. Without grace, we would all be facing that penalty for whatever sin we have committed. In the story that we're looking at, Jesus is telling every bystander that they are just as guilty of breaking God's law as the woman they're trying to get Jesus to judge here on the spot. See, that's not what love is. Love is acceptance of all of us as sinners that are saved by grace. Our sin is no better than the sin of someone else. 
Whatever sin you're struggling with and whatever sin is in your heart is no better than the sin of the adulterous woman. It's not up to us to judge other sins. It's not up to us to bring light to the sin of others to God. It's up to us to mourn for the other's sin and should truly break our own heart. Thank God for his grace and for his forgiveness. See, what God's really telling us here is that we cannot combat sin with more sin. That's not what God calls us to do. How much are we experiencing this right now? There's riots all over the country where hate is spreading rapidly. Allow peace and grace in your heart because these riots are only answering hate with more hate, which is answering sin with more sin. The last purpose of the law is to provide guidance and a rule for life and just simply living. Exodus chapter 20 verses 12 through 17 says, Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Simply put, these are just rules that God's giving us to promote peace so that we can live in harmony with each other in a sinful world. Now, no matter what country you live in and how laws of the land may change from region to region, God's law remains the same any and everywhere. God's instructions remain, and they've not changed since the moment that they were given. Jesus is basically reviewing this with his audience during this Sermon on the Mount. He isn't saying that just because he's here, the law is changing. He's reviewing them to remind everyone that no matter what happens, these laws are to be kept and regarded in your heart. These laws are not given to us to put a damper on our life, but these laws are given to us so that we can live a peaceful life. These laws are given to us so that we can enhance our life and make our life more harmonious with each and everyone around us. Stick around, because we'll be right back after this break. Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Cross Point Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate, a ministry of Elevate Student Ministries. Cross Point Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311. And you can become a partner with Radio Elevate. Enjoy this lesson. Just a few minutes ago, normally there's a consequence for breaking the law. In the case of God's law, there is the ultimate consequence if we break it, but thankfully God has provided us with his grace. See, 
grace is sort of like our parole. Jesus has provided grace as a free gift from God because God knew that our hearts are filled with sin and that we can't achieve God's glory on our own. It is that plain and that simple. Jesus is here again, not to change the law, but to provide us with a second chance for paying for our sin in our heart on his own. It's like this. We try our absolute best for righteousness. We want to be less like us, and we want to be more like Jesus, but we simply can't do it on our own. Notice I said that we cannot do it on our own. Not that it's more difficult to do it, but it's impossible without God's guidance and without God's forgiveness. So to do this, we can't look at others as being unclean. Now, in this sense, I want to view unclean as being sinful. Sometimes we try so hard to follow the law and to follow the rules that in turn, we just make the law more difficult on ourselves. Again, that's what happens when we try to do things without God's help. We make the task at hand, sometimes something as simple as honoring God, more and more difficult. Now, this is not necessary. There are plenty of examples in the Bible of Jesus breaking traditions to help others and ultimately love one another, such as healing a blind man on the Sabbath or only fasting for a day. Sometimes these rules and these rituals that we have created are man-made and they may not be sinful, but they're just simply not required. Here's an important statement. We do not have to worship the same as long as we are worshiping biblically and we are actually worshiping. This even manifests in churches in different ways. Some churches would judge a contemporary church for its choice in music that they play. God simply commanded us to worship him and make a pleasing sound to him. He did not specify that that sound had to be filled with an organ. He also didn't specify that that sound did not have to have an organ. The same can be said about restrictions on food. Yes, it's true that in Leviticus, eating pork was considered to be unclean. However, God instructed that everything he made was clean. Acts chapter 10 verses 9 through 16 says, About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being laid down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. The thing is, in Leviticus, pork was considered to be unclean as more of a safety measure rather than something that's sinful to God. Here's the bottom line about uncleanliness here in regards to sin. Is something 
is convicting you and truly convicting you, do not ignore it. If you feel that something is sinful, then don't practice it. But don't judge others that practice it if it's not sinful in the first place. Lastly, I want to look at how cleanliness is measured through the Holy Spirit that is shown outside of you. Mark chapter 7 verses 14 through 16 says, Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. Remember, and we've said this a lot during this lesson, grace is not works-based. The Holy Spirit is what drives our heart to want to be clean in the first place. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that cleans and cleanses us anyway. This is what needs to show through in your works. The works themselves are pointless unless God is seen through them. See, anything that we consume can affect us physically in both a positive or negative way. Inwardly, we can consume food or any other side of that illness. Uh, we can consume things uh, spiritually, like hate. All of that is bottled inside of us, but we don't use any of that to outwardly show God. And if we don't do that, then it's pointless. If we don't use the food to power us, the illness to be defeated, and the hate to be exhausted and cleansed by God and the Holy Spirit inside of us, then none of it will be shown in our works anyway. Verse 18 says that nothing disappears from the law. And without honoring that, we're simply picking and choosing which ones of God's laws that are important to us. Our opinion is irrelevant, though. Each and every one of God's laws are just as applicable to our life as it is to others. It's God being the sacrificial lamb that has forgiven us for the picking and the choosing that we wrongfully practice. Remember, it is the Holy Spirit that keeps us clean because we are guilty of breaking God's law. It is God that has washed away our sin through the shedding of his blood. He paid the price for our crimes. So let his Holy Spirit preserve and clean inside of you. Please stick around for a special prayer right after this break. Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt. Worship Pastor here at Cross Point Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate, a ministry of Elevate Student Ministries of Cross Point Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311. And you can become a partner with Radio Enjoy this lesson. When I teach, I rarely stray away from anything at all that is not just flat out, full on Bible teaching. However, my heart's been weighed down so much over the last couple weeks with the outward expression of hate that has filled our news feed. 
This lesson today really speaks to me when we make the point that you cannot answer sin and hate with more sin and more hate. There is hate for different races, there's hate for law enforcement, there's hate for mankind just in general. Remember this, we're all the church and we're all the body of Christ. God calls us to love one another and to forgive. We have experienced so much change in our day-to-day -day life over the last several months, and I just wanted uh, to throw a couple verses at you that I truly hope can uh, you can keep in your heart as they've been on mine. Second Chronicles uh, ver chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Matthew chapter 22 verses 36 through 40 says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And the second one is like it, meaning that loving Jesus and loving one another are the most important laws that God has given. These are the laws in which every other law is originated. So today, with COVID-19 disrupting our life and with so much hate spreading in the world, I ask for you and anyone listening to this today to join me and say this prayer with me today. God, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. Today, I cast my heart and I cast my cares upon you. I pray that you will hear our land. I ask that you'll heal the sick, even if the healing is to simply know you. God, I pray for your comfort, and I pray for your understanding. Most importantly, God, I pray for your heart and your goodness to be known across our country and across our world. God, I pray that you can enter the heart of every individual riding in the street. I pray that you can enter the heart of any person experiencing hate of any kind in their heart. God, I pray that you eliminate the hate that we're experiencing in this world and that we can return to your law, one that promotes peace, harmony, and unity. God, I know that every race and every heart was created by you. I pray that for every person battling hate in their heart, that you can come into their heart and take away that hate and replace it with peace. God, I pray for forgiveness to all sinners, no matter what sin they're committing. I pray today, Lord, that you provide our country and our world with the revival that it needs so desperately so that we can truly be the body of Christ. God, please allow others to see you through me, through my thoughts, through my actions, and through my words, God, so that you are given all the glory and the honor for being the creator. God, we love you, and allow us to give this world back to you. It's in your name that we pray.
of mama's crying Or do you turn away When you see the face of the innocent dying In these darkest days Are you not afraid That it's too late You've got to get down on your knees Believe, fold your hands and beg and plead Gotta keep on praying You've got to cry We gotta give this world back to God Have you lost a love? Do you feel like giving up? Has your heart been broken? Are your kids okay? Will they come home safe? Do you lie there hoping? Thank you so much for joining us this week. And thank you, Reba McIntyre and Lauren Daigle, for your song, Back to God. Hey, my name's Cody Fair. I'm with Cross Point Church in Jonesboro, Tennessee, and Elevate Youth Ministry. Stick around for next week as we continue our Sermon on the Mount.
Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you back here next week. You've got to get down on your knees, believe, fold your hands and beg and plead. Got to keep on praying. You've got to cry, rain, tears of pain, pound the floor and scream his name, because we're still worth saving. We gotta give this world back to God.